This week's episode of Independent Exposure is going to be featuring Fear the United. Hanging out here with the guys and we're talking. We're going to find out a little bit about the band. How long y'all been together? Uh, going, going on 10 years now, right? Yeah, we formed in 2009, yeah. yeah. 10 years. 10 years. Wow, yeah. y'all seen a lot of miles and a lot of roads, ain't you? you Up no and idea. down, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So okay. where are y'all playing? I mean, right now we're hanging out in High Point. Do y'all do the whole East Coast? or? Um, so we've done a little bit of touring up north, northeast. Um, I'm, that's where I'm originally from. And uh, we, we did a small little tour uh, October of not this past year, the year before. Um, but mostly around the Greensboro market. Uh, that that area, and uh, we're you know trying to branch out some too. So. Oh yeah, we'll we'll do something about that for sure. Yeah, we'll do something with that because sure. uh, I'm trying to get this podcast back about like my internet radio show was, and I had fans all over the world. I had fans in Australia, fans in England. I did my show uh, back then from uh, one to three. Okay, and I'd have guys in England that would get up and listen to my show oh, nice. before they went to work in the morning because it's six a.m. over. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, hopefully, if I can get the fan base back, sure, you know, we, we'll uh, get y'all pushed. We seem to we seem to have for some reason, man. Russia likes us pretty well. Uh, looking at the like analytics and stuff like that, uh, like Eastern Europe, Russia, that area. Either that, or, either that or they think we're up to something. Oh, they think we're up. <laughs> <laughs> no collusion, no collusion, no collusion. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's audience is audience. I mean, you know, if people in Russia like y'all and they follow y'all, who knows? They'll be they'll have a hard on for this interview on my podcast, you know. And that's what yeah, that's what we want. That's what yeah, right. That's what we want. So, all right, let's talk about some of the uh, the material that we heard tonight. Tell tell me something about this set. Um, so. Uh, a lot of the material that we have is from our first full-length release, which is called Four Years Later. We released that, um, not this, uh, about three years ago. 2016. 2016, January. Um, very, very successful CD release show that we had at Green Street Club in uh, Greensboro. Uh, went really well, and we've been just kind of, you know, trying to ride the, the coattails of that. Um, we've released since then three new singles. Um, we've, we kind of talked ourselves out of doing another full-length or like uh, or EP um, just because the way that the market is structured now, it's it's more geared towards <laughs> singles. More to stay more relevant. Right. Yeah. Correct. So the more, right. out, the, the more you're popping, the more you're out, the more you're exposed. To, the more your name pops up, the more exactly you know, just trying to get in it. front of people. The more traffic you can, you know, attract. Sure. That's uh, yeah. I mean, that's what this is all about. It's just trying to promote y'all. I mean, this this ain't about me. I'm not the show. Y'all are the show. Well, thank you. And I, and that's I what I want. That. That, that's the way I've always tried to structure that. It, it's not about me. It's about the artist and their music. Because that's what matters. Me, I'm just a dumbass that puts it all together. Yeah, like I said, most of our material, so we had the first incarnation, 2009, 2010. Uh, we played a bunch of shows around then. Uh, Kevin is the founding member of Fear the United. He plays guitar. And, um, yes, sir. And Nick and I joined the band very Kevin. shortly after. Um, so the band was formed in October of uh, 2009. Nick and I joined the spring of 2010. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had some relative, relatively decent local success at the time. Uh, and then we kind of just all went in different directions for a little while and, and pursued other interests and stuff. And then uh, probably about four years ago, we decided that we wanted to get together. Kevin and I really um, decided that we were going to try and give this another shot after taking, you know, a long-term break. And uh, Nick and I have been in bands together since 2006. 
We actually thought about calling it something different after taking a four-year hiatus, but we're like, why not just do Fear the Night again? So right. that's kind of where we we just. Well, I mean, if you built up a fan base, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so try to reconnect with them. We kept, and, we kept five, yeah. seven songs from the, the originals, whatever, and we wrote five or seven new songs. So then we were like, let's let's call it four years later because it took us four years to really carnate everything. Correct. Yeah, we took about a four-year hiatus. Okay, so that's where the name for the city. Yeah, okay, yeah, so I got later, I got right. you now. I got so, you. So um, you know, obviously, as time has gone uh, on, we've sort of evolved as far as our musical tastes are concerned and you know we've matured not just as, as musicians and as a band but as people as well sure you know we're all we're all in our early mid-30s um you know we're doing this because we love to do it i mean let's be honest there's not a ton of money in what we do especially not in, in, in the aggressive genres that we play because we're sort of caught between we're kind of too heavy for the real heavy band. Um, not heavy enough for the real heavy bands, but right. a little bit too heavy for the rock bands. Well, that's like sitting in there listening to y'all all go. The influences. I mean, I could definitely, uh, there's a touch of Slipknot there. There's a little mud vein there. Maybe some Kill Switch engaged. You know, who, who were some of the other bands that reached out and grabbed hold of y'all? Um, for me, for me, like, I, so I grew up in southeastern Massachusetts. And for me, it was hardcore. Hardcore, hardcore, hardcore. Um, Colin of Arabia, um, Blood for Blood, um, Hatebreed. Um, those are some of the things that those were those were what was on my playlist when I was between 15 and 18, and still are in my regular rotation now as as a 34 year old man. Sure. So I take that away from you know I've taken those influences away from what I've listened to. Uh, the interesting thing is, is all four of us have such different tastes in music. Now we have similar tastes in, 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 in certain things that have bound us together, but for the most part, like if you pick us apart, we all four listen to really different styles, very different, very things, different yeah. styles of music. <laughs> Kevin and I, um, we really like mainstream rock. Like yeah. we like Shinedown, we like Nickelback, you know, we like Godsmack, we like bands like that, but you know, I never, and Kevin, even, we've never kind of strayed away from what really, you know, pushed us to do music. And for me, the first thing that I ever heard that really was like profound enough to be like, I want to play guitar was Ozzy Osbourne. I, my dad, I want to be Randy Rose. I have not been a kid. My dad had Bark at the Moon on cassette. Sure. And we would listen to Bark at the Moon. And, and, and in fairness, Bark at the Moon is probably my favorite song. Great song, yeah. Ever of all time. Yeah. Bark at the Moon is the one song that I can actually like <laughs> give credit for being the song that motivated me to want to be a musician. And I started off as a drummer. So, uh, you know, I'm doing vocals now and it's been a very obviously a very big evolution and things like that but um, but can you still get behind them and beat them you can i can <laughs> <laughs> when duty calls i'll speak for that yeah. <laughs> when, oh, yeah. when duty calls we can pick up the sticks because sure. they speaking of sticks little drummer boy just he ain't said a word to us this whole time <laughs> i'd like to know who the little drummer boy is <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've been in the band how long now? About three years. Two, yeah, three about, years. About three, yeah, three years. Yeah. Billy approached me when uh, Billy and Nick and I played, um, God, I don't even know, what, 2008? 2009, 2010. We, we, tried, to, we tried to put yeah. something together. Yeah. It, it didn't pan out. And then, and then uh, but we've kind of been loosely in touch yeah. at that time. For sure. And when, uh, when they decided to get back together, they needed a drummer. So they, they kind of hollered at me, and I was like, I wasn't doing anything at the time. I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot, you know? So I kind of kind of started out like a little bit of a hired gun, you know, yeah. like 
and it panned out in every way. Well, you know, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I mean, when when you get the right, you know, you get the right guys together, you you can do anything. And, And that's what this is. This is a culmination of four you know individuals not just as 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 men but you know as as people and as musicians and we've gone uh, you know admittedly we've gone through many different lineup changes as far as we've had you know we're a four-piece band now guitar bass drums and vocals we've we've had a couple of different carnations where we've had you know two guitarists um we've pat is the second or third drummer we've had um, you know, really the only constants in the band have been Kevin, Nick, and I since the spring of 2010. And, you know, it's when you choose a bandmate, you're not just choosing somebody to play music with. You're choosing a, a brother. You're yeah. choosing a family member. You're choosing a friend. And it's not a, it's not something that, it's not a decision you come to lightly. But the four guys that we have here now, the four people we have here now, um, we've never felt more solid as a band, as an entity, and as a family. We love each other. Uh, we don't always Man, like each other. That's what it's all about. But we don't always like each other. Sure. <laughs> but we well, love each well, other. Don't get it fucked up. We definitely, we definitely have our day. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I mean, you know, you get four guys together and you're in a damn wherever y'all rehearse or, well, I mean, you know, you're in a sweaty little cramped up damn environment playing yeah. together. You know, Nick says, wait a minute, I want to do this. And you say, no, I want to do this. And you say, well, I think it ought to be this. Well, be and then drummer boy sitting, <laughs> the drummer boy sitting back there going, I'll do anything y'all tell me to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, normally, normally it's, it's me and Kevin that have so the creative. Yeah. <laughs> normally, well, I, did, I did what y'all said. I mean, I paid attention to what was going on up there on stage. Normally, it's Kevin and I that have the disagreement in, 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 uh, as far as, like, the creative differences. And Nick and Pat, Nick and I are pretty neutral. Nick and Pat, have, yeah, they do a very good job. Let's just get along, man. Yeah, they do a very good job of making it, you know, just kind of keeping everybody together. But at the end of the day, all bullshit aside, yeah. disagreements we have, we love each other, man. Yeah. And you know, there's something to be said for that. I don't do this for my living. None of us do. Sure. But at the end of the day, we do this because we love it. And if we didn't love it, we wouldn't be standing here together. So, you know, again, there's something to be said for that. We, we, are, we, are, we have four different, completely different personalities. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it's difficult to negotiate that. I mean, I mean Pat's a big hardcore fan, right? Yeah. Nick, you're a pretty big new metal fan, right? Early, I grew up on new metal. Early 2000. All day long. Billy, he likes All day long. Music. I was a new you're, metal you're, you're kid. You're kind of the new so metal hard. guy, too. Me, I'll listen to country any day. Yeah. I, I'm I big, don't do country. I'm a big country guy. <laughs> no, I'm not a country guy. Unless it's Garth Brooks, I want no part of it. <laughs> no no offense. Well, tell me, tell me about the uh, songs we want to do on the show. So I guess let's start with um, "She Comes Calling." "She Comes Calling" was the song that was the first song that Nick and I learned when we came to Kevin with um, with the United thing. Kevin and I were linked together from a previous guitar player, and that know, was that was probably probably the first song this band has ever wrote. Like it was the first riff I ever came up with. And that's like, we still play that song 10 years later. So, 10 years later, we're yeah. still playing She Comes Calling. Yeah. It's a big part of our set. Um, and it kind of defined who we were as a band, um, you, mo- most specifically at the time that, you know, we were forming and, and, and really, you know, starting things up. So She Comes Calling was the first song. You know, uh, look, you can be a musician and you can be an artist. I feel like there's a big difference between the two. Musicians play music, artists feel what they're doing. And there's many different types of art, you know, but music happens to be our art. And so the lyric content of all the songs, um, I try to make sure that it has some type of meaning to me. Um, I've been through a lot of spiritual 
sort of um, wandering and trying to find myself internally and who I am as a person and a human being, um, she comes calling. <laughs> the inspiration for that song really came from um, a dream that I had and, and uh, you know, a person that at that time in my life was, was very important to me. And it also came a little bit from uh, inspi inspired by a <laughs> an episode of the show Supernatural. <laughs>
but I, I take a little bit of everything, especially with the lyrics and stuff. I try to listen to a song. So, in, in, you know, basically the way that this, the band is structured, Kevin is responsible for the vast majority of the, the written material. So Kevin will bring a riff and we're very fortunate that Kevin's also an engineer. He's a producer, um, not just a songwriter. And Kevin will take a riff and he'll put an idea together and then he'll bring it to us. And then it's our job at that point to sort of negotiate how the song makes us feel. And so I then that's when we start collaborating. That's yeah. exactly. you, you come up with the background for the song. Come, I normally come in with about 30% worth and then we all kind of throw our, our own two cents in there. And before you know it, we're standing at 95%. We go to the studio, record it. There's your 100%. Right. Sweet. So moving forward, um, you know, like like Kevin was saying earlier, there's a lot of songs that were of the first carnation of, of Fear the United that made it to the record. And in fairness, you know, it was sort of like we didn't want to deviate so much away from where we, you know, how the band was started and, and exactly and where it came from. So we kept, uh, like Kevin said earlier, four or five songs from the original repertoire. And... Um, and then we kind of took that and we uh, improved on it and we added more material. So probably the second incarnation, uh, the first the, the first song of the second incarnation would have been uh, Le Dernier Chapitre, which is yeah. French for the final chapter.
that song came from a nasty relationship, toxic relationship situation that I was dealing with at the time. Uh, also, Is This The End is sort of, um, you know, it revolves around that same type of dynamic and stuff. Again, trying to make sure that I'm writing songs that are conveying some type of message. It's hard for me sometimes as a vocalist um, to express myself because I'm sharing so much of who I am with people that I don't know and I'm, I'm dealing with and, and, and I'm sort of, you know, uh, conveying messages and talking about things that in real life I'm not necessarily comfortable with talking to just, you know, the average Joe. So there's been points in time where, you know, it's been a struggle for me to sort of reconcile how, how can I share these things with people without, you know, without sacrificing how I feel about them and jeopardizing, you know, maybe my my personal feelings but towards at the same them. time like everybody can relate probably what i mean the the, the message billy re, you know relays to people whatever i know that i can relate to with past relationships and stuff like that so i think it's just not from his point of view it, it's it's uh it's, it's a point of view neutral like it, a lot of people can can really sure take it, a lot from it from my it's a point of view that everyone can kind of share and get on board everybody's had a shitty relationship sure um but it's it's from my perspective yeah yeah you know, yeah, we've all had we've all had somebody break yeah, our heart sure. somewhere along yeah. the way. Is this the end? Was was I mean, essentially, oh, the man. entire subject matter is about I had a I had a divorce with with, you know, my, my wife at the time. And I had children with her and, you know, all the feelings that came along with that uh, in, in the wake of, you know, the of, thing about that song, too. It's like Billy was thinking it or we were like everybody else is thinking it. But like Billy said it, and it's like, oh, OK, you know, like I can really relate to this song, sure. you know, so like. I mean, I love playing that song a lot to this day. I mean, I, I love playing It's song. one of my favorites, and it's one of the hardest songs that we have as far as, like, being able to, to you know, invoking the feelings that come from that song when I perform it and, and singing the words. Because, obviously, it's so personal to me. Yeah. Um, but I really, really enjoy that song. I don't think that we could ever really seriously take it out of our regular rotation just because, A, it's a great song in our opinion without being arrogant about it and B it just has such a strong message about, you know, self-empowerment and, and having that feeling of, of, you know, being self-degradating and also, you know, the, again, the feelings that come along with, you know, going through divorce and what could I have done differently? And you don't understand things from my perspective. And this is why you don't understand things from my perspective. And this is my perspective. So to speak. So when we first got together, I, I had just gone through an early divorce. And yeah. So he yeah. probably that song probably hit home. Definitely really resonates home, with so me for sure. You know, without without divulging too much, um, right when we asked Pat to be a permanent member of the band, he was going through some personal stuff, and uh, you know there was a point in time where Pat was sort of questioning again, without divulging too much, sort of questioning whether this was something that was going to be good for him. And I remember I had a, I had a direct conversation with Pat and I was like, look, man, you know, I know what you've been through. I went through something similar. No two situations are exactly the same, but I tried to be as much of a friend to Pat as I could and explain to him like, look, man, we are here for you. We got you. If you got us, we got you, man. So let's just use this for all of us, this is therapy, I feel like, you know, for all of us to sort of get through things that are troublesome that we deal with. And uh, um, it's, in my opinion, one of the best decisions this band ever made was to was to bring Pat into this band. And we love him and I love all of you guys, you know, so I have no regrets. Can't nobody hear you nod. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick
I've been together for a long time. See, I, I love Nick because there's a lot of people in this world that are way bigger than me. And I, love, I love it when I find somebody that ain't. And me, me and Nick need to buddy up. Although, although Nick may not be May, may, may not be very huge in physical stature. He is a bass playing little fucker. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick is a bass playing fucker, and he makes up for his uh, lack of stature in prowess and fucking awesomeness. Hey, I tell you what, if there's one guy that you can count on with anything and, be, and, be, respi and be responsible, that's your, that's your guy. Nick, Nick is the responsible one out of all of us. So, that wow, that, that's like a huge, you know, that's a, that's a hard thing to live up to. Well, one of the things that makes this band so functional is all, all four of us individually, aside from the music aspect, like the business side of things, we all serve for individual purposes. And we realize what we excel at and we, we use those things to our advantages. So like Kevin, again, is the majority writing force. He records, produces, edits, masters, engineers, all of the music, the recording side. Pat brings the drums. Nick handles the business side of things as far as the finances and, and, and the, the sensibility side. And for the most part, I handle the management and like the, the booking of the shows, making sure that we're fairly compensated for our time and for our effort. So everybody serves a purpose in the band. And, and you know, being, being in our 30s, which in a band, believe it or not, being in your 30s in a band, that's very fucking, very far into your career. Yeah. So... The, yeah, there's no question of that. The fact, the fact that we're able to to realize, you know, our strengths and use them to our advantages to make sure that the band works like an, a well-oiled machine is definitely played to our favor in that situation. In that, in that yeah, sense, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, awesome. Though we do always has to be absolutely 100 worth our time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right, and not just really monetary. Job of making sure, like you know. And not just monetarily necessarily, because again, we're not doing this for a living. We're four individuals that have four different personal lives. We all have big boy jobs. We work day jobs. And, and but what we do is when we're together and when it comes to the band, we focus our attentions that need to be focused on the band there. And then away from the band, we focus the attention elsewhere, elsewhere. And it works for us. That's awesome, guys. Yeah. I mean, I think it shows when you're on stage. I think it, I think it definitely shows in your music.
Let's get back to the big news and let's tell everybody what we're going to do next month when we bring y'all back for your second show. So we are working with Kyle O'Dell um, and we just wrote a new song with him. We did a co-write uh, as of right now is untitled. But uh, what we're trying to do is kind of take what we do well and, and, and embellish on it more and expand on it more. And uh, we're going to be releasing a new song here in May um, that kind of represents not so much not so much necessarily where we are now, but where we came from to where we are now. So it kind of hits the spectrum. Um, <laughs> as, you know, as time has gone on, we've matured as people and musicians and as a band. And we, we think that this new song is going to be a really good representation oh, of that. Yeah. And that is going to be exclusive world premiere on Independent Exposure. We are going to world release it with Independent all Exposure. All streaming platforms. Like, Correct. check it out. Right. When, right. when it hits, it's all going to hit at the same time. Yeah. We'll already have a show ready for the release date. And when it drops, the second show with Fear of the United will take place on Internet Exposure. Sure.